The Power Play Podcast is brought to you by GameTime. It's your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Listen, I didn't know that. This is new to me. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, so you're not getting any of those fake tickets. And they show you all the best last-minute deals, which I'm down with, with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded this GameTime app, and you should too. Discover the fastest and easiest way to get to the game. This app is definitely simple, it's easy, it's quick. You get these tickets super fast at the best prices. And it's not only sports tickets, it's also music and theater tickets. So it just takes care of all of it in a one-stop shop. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. I'm always looking for a deal, and I know you are too, so make sure you download GameTime. Like an MVP, championship pedigree, Hall of Fame skills, business deals, lead the league, on court, all pro, off court, entrepreneur, any court, play ball, I'm ready to score, investments, connections, franchise player, levels to this man, I just add more layers, we changing the game, athletes bigger than balling, power plays, power moves, yeah, we going all in, my whole life a highlight reel, not just on the field, not just bodybuilding, I might buy a building, start a company, CEO, mind frame, this is way beyond game, these is power plays. Do you hear that song that is playing right now? That is the Power Play song. And listen, it's phenomenal. And the person who made it is sitting right across from me. And I am so excited because he's one of my good friends. But he's also just incredibly gifted, not only as a DJ, but as a person. Yeah, no, I'm truly, you know, blessed to know Derek. Can I say your government yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, can, can we talk about it? don't know that. Okay, well, I'm just going to bust you out. Yeah. Derek Robinson. Yes. A.K.A. DJ D-Shark. So thank you for coming. I appreciate you being the first person that I Am interview I on this. Yes, you are the first. Oh, thank you. I'm honored. That's dope. I couldn't think of anyone better. Oh, thank you. Because just in case you didn't know, Power Play is about the life of sport. So it's not exactly what's on the court or the field, but it's just really about what happens in and around it. And you're a power player in sport. You definitely are. If you guys don't know, he is the official Warriors DJ and he literally sets the tone every night at Oracle Arena, and now he will be in Chase Center. How do you think the energy will change going from Oracle to Chase? It's going to change for sure because, let's just face it, like a lot of people won't be able to afford to pay the ticket to get there. A lot of the real diehard fans, the fans who maybe just, you know, work a nine-to-five and just living paycheck to paycheck. Like, it's it's going to have to be special for them. Like, they're going to have to go to a Christmas game or they're going to have to go to a, you know, save up for a playoff game or something like that. But it's going to be interesting. The energy, I'm hoping it will be the same, but you can't duplicate what was at Oracle. I don't think you can ever. Oracle was just amazing and just a whole nother just beast. You know. Yeah, you definitely can't duplicate that. Man, no. uh, Derek and I worked together at the Warriors yes. for many years. I don't even know how many. Yeah. Uh, but I know that there were just moments in there that I literally will never forget. Never. Yeah. And there were moments where I had to cover my ears because it was so, so loud, loud. Yeah. At Oracle Arena, and yeah. you know the energy going into Chase is going to be more of a corporate feel. I feel right, like. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. How will you prepare for that? Well, I'm definitely going to have to 
figure out a way to play to that. But the thing about me and what's what's really good and I'm not even worried about it is like I play a lot of corporate events. So I'm well aware of the music, you know, that I need to play. I'm almost certain we'll keep the same schedule. Like I, I don't see that changing, you know, because I used to start at six o'clock and play during the warmups when the players came on the floor. And I kept it like kind of like the newer hip hop and like trapped out kind of just playing what the players want to hear. I don't know if that'll change. Um, that's a conversation I'll have to have, but like I'm not trying to have that change because I want to still keep that. What probably will change though is my hits in game probably won't be as uh, urban. <laughs> okay, I like <laughs> you, the way that you put that. You know that I mean? was. So do the players just come up to you and say, hey, I want you to play this song? Or do they tell you at the beginning of the season what they want to hear? How does that work? No, well, you know, I follow a lot of the players. So, and I I'm, I know a couple of the players, so I know their tastes. And um, you were the one that told me about Steph and like what he liked. So that was good, um, knowing that he liked Lecrae and like um, Bizzle and uh, those guys, which are like phenomenal rappers. And, just were you familiar with them before then? I was, but like I, you know, I just I I'll be honest, I never had much of the music in my playlist. But now I got like every time something comes out, I'm checking for it. God over money, like I like that movement. I'm rocking with it. Um, I definitely rock with it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, they, they're phenomenal dudes, and and they're re- like I've met Bizzle in person. He's a cool cat. I learned that Lupe Fiasco was one of his favorite rappers. So I started playing Lupe when he hits the floor. And then Steph, you could tell he like he appreciated because I get nods and stuff like that from him. He'd be like, all right, you know, I'll see you. Or, you know, I call him S-Dot, but uh, Sean Livingston was just like a, you know, 90s Jay-Z, Cameron, you know, rock, rock, Rockefeller kind of guy. Man, when you say Sean, I'm just thinking about all the players that are not going to be there. It's crazy. It is crazy. That's insane. And Steph is like going to be the oldest on the team. And when you think about that, it's it's just kind of insane. If he's the oldest on the team, that makes me real old. Like, (laughs) I don't even want to think about that. Steph is the oldest on the team right now. And, you know, they went young. Like, it is what it is. On those momentous nights, do you ever just like pinch yourself and say, I can't believe that I'm here? All the time. I do this thing where, like, I don't even know. I've never told people it's my first time sharing this. But all of my sets, and mainly at the Warriors, I do this thing where in the middle of my set, I would just thank God to myself. You get what I'm saying? I just be like, thank you, God, and I just keep going. And then it's funny, too, because if I'm at a party and I'm doing something and I forget my train of thought, I just stop and I say, thank you, God, and then it it pops back in and I just start going. So I do that all the time. And I don't know if, like, if people really watch me, you'll see it. I do it all the time. As you should. Yeah. And he brought you this opportunity. Yes. How did you become the Warriors DJ? It was crazy. You know Solomon, who's a great DJ, who was a great DJ. Solomon passed away. Solomon met me at a Black Alicia show. I was DJing for Black Alicia's at uh, the Justice League. It's now called The Independent. We were doing a show. After the show, he came up to me and he's like, hey, man, I really like the way you scratched. Would you be down to do a two by four set at the Warriors? Like, And I'm like, sure. Like, yeah, you know, I'm a fan. And I, I was just like... You know, this at this time too, the Warriors sucked. Like it was just like I remember it, those it was, days. It was bad. I think Thunder was like the highlight. Right. <laughs> so um, he was he was awesome though. He was awesome. He was a great mascot. So he we got to give him his credit. He was great. He passed away too. So. Well, actually, that's not true. That's not true. He was left in China. 
So remember when the Oklahoma City Thunder, yes, you know, named, you know mm-hmm. the Thunder, and they were like, I don't know who said it, the league or whatever, but y'all can't have Thunder anymore. Right. And basically, we were in China that year, and the thing was is that we left him there, left him that, in China. Wow. He didn't pass away. He's he still in China away. somewhere chilling. Interesting. Yes. That's what I was told. But wow. I, did, did you see like an obituary or something? I never like, seen an obituary, but one of the uh, dunk team guys, I guess who he mentored, he confirmed it, kind of said dude passed away. So You're talking about the character. Yeah. Because that's what I'm talking about, not an actual No, I'm talking character. about the person. Who, oh, who who played Thunder? No, no, he's still alive. <sighs> I don't want to like bust out mascots, but there was multiple people. Oh, there was Thunder. multiple people. So one yes. of them, one of them. Rest probably, in peace. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I think. I but think the one character of them did. is in China. Right the character now. is in China. Yes. Okay, so that's he's when he booed he was, up. Oh wow! Over there. Okay. Yes. That was okay. So that yes. was supposed to be planned like that. Right. Okay. Going back to Solomon. Yes. I remember. You know that day when he we did get word that he had passed away yeah um and that i will never forget that day because he was such a phenomenal man he He was was such a great dj great for the warriors for a number of years yeah and definitely we have to pay homage to him but all the time when you would come in and be a guest dj for him when he was traveling you definitely stood out um, okay for me nice you know being in the position that i was in i'm definitely glad that you are still the Warriors, DJ, because Thank you. you do a phenomenal job. Thank you so much. Is there something that, you know, going into it, you were surprised about that you didn't anticipate? I was devastated by him passing. I couldn't believe that that happened. I wasn't expecting to become the, the official DJ after that because the thing about Solomon, which was so dope, I kind of struggled with this too, just thinking about it. Like, I don't know if I would have did this, but just how gracious and like how open he was to other guys coming in there. Like you said, when I came, I kind of stood out, right? And it's like, people worry about people taking their jobs. I'm gonna just keep it real. Like, you know you know what I mean? But he never cared about that kind of stuff. He was like, I know D-Sharp can handle the job. He got it. I'm not worried about him taking my job or whatever. He would just like let every DJ fill in for him. You know what I mean? If whoever was available, he'd be like, yo, come. You know what I mean? And it wasn't an issue. Like, and he really wanted to give people opportunities. Exactly. Too. Exactly. And I'm not saying that I don't want to give people opportunities. Cause I do. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, like, his heart was just so, it was big. And he and I, I learned a lot from him and from the DJ side. He was the first one that got me into DJing on the computer. So, you know, it was, it was tough for me. Still is. Yeah, it really is. He was a phenomenal man. But you do a great job of including him. I in everything to, yeah. that you do. I try to, most definitely. Um, yeah, I did a post recently, you know, just giving him props. Because peop- a lot of people didn't know, like, you know, that he was the Warriors DJ and he was the first DJ. And I really think, if I look back at it, because I, I want to say it was like 2001. When did you start? You started? I started in 2007. You started in 2007. Yeah, that's okay. the We Believe year, I believe. And that is the year that I started full-time. I was an intern before that. Okay, okay. And, I mean, you want to talk about a crazy first year. Right, right, right. It was. Because I just feel like he was, like, the first NBA DJ. But then, you know, a debate on whether that happened in Miami first. Right. But I think the Miami DJ was the first popular DJ and the first DJ to brand himself like that. Do you guys talk? 
all of the DJs? Do you guys have like kind of I'm a platform cool with that you pretty can... much all the DJs that I know? Poison Ivy from Dallas, she's phenomenal. She's a great. I, I, I call her a friend. Like we communicate through social media. If we're in the same city at the same time, we'll you know meet up. Irie, who was the Miami DJ two years ago, he booked me for a bunch of stuff during All Star. I can't think of his name. I was oh DJ Ghost from uh, Philly. We just did an event in Las Vegas. It's a uh, it's a great family of DJs. I know Ghost and another DJ were trying to start like an NBA DJ coalition. It never happened, but I think that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. everybody else has some type of coalition. Right, you right. might as well. I mean, you guys work really hard every single night. Yeah, every single game Most day. Definitely. So. And you work hard to incorporate this into your brand. Yes, totally. And how has it catapulted you know, you to another level? It's crazy. For me, like I've taken on the identity as the Warriors DJ, right? And that, I mean, that's part of my brand. I see people, people recognize me now. Like it's crazy like to be out getting coffee and they're like, oh, that's D-Sharp, DJ for the Warriors. And it's like, They oh. talk just like that? I mean, well, not like that, but like, <laughs> that's my... Uh, imitation of them. But no, it's it's pretty crazy. I've gotten some great opportunities from it, like some super, super dope, great opportunities from it. It's been a blessing, like um, been able to take care of my family doing it, you know, um, and it's it's just been, it's just, it's been great. Well, I have seen you in many places for Air Force, was it Air Nike? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was last year, this time. Right. Like this time last year, actually, I was in New York probably last year, this week, and I did that campaign for Nike. Now, was that directly correlated with you posting your shoes every night? Because I know you love sneakers. Yes, You're crazy a huge, fanatic. I'm not going to tell where all your sneakers are, but right. that whole situation <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. is crazy. It's, it's, and it's getting insane right now. I got to chill out. Like, yeah, we, we won't talk about the right. cost. But, you know, sneakers are huge. They, Very much so. They're kind of like a connecting fabric in a lot of ways. You post them. Every game day, right? you know, you get a lot of feedback from that. Do you think getting that campaign was a direct correlation of doing that? I think it had a little bit to do with it. So as you know, yeah, I was posting my shoes like every game. Like I tell people all the time, I was just going to the Nike Clearance Center basically and just like blue and gold shoes. All right, those would be cool or whatever, right? I would just buy these shoes or get shoes and just start posting them. And then it started to like develop a situation. And then I had one of my homies like, stop doing this. You're never going to get a shoe contract or you're never going to get whatever, right? And then that Nike thing happened and I just blew it up in his face. Like, Don't see? ever say never. <laughs> yeah. Don't but ever no, say never. Um, so I found out that Nike was doing the Air Force One campaign. A good friend of mine up in Portland Rep. Shout out to Portland. Yeah, shout out to I'm Portland. I'm Portland. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. He's a prominent DJ up there. Reverend Shines, he had hit me out of the blue, and he was like, yo, I put your name in a hat for this situation. I think you'll be perfect for it. I'm not going to tell you what the brand is, but if they reach out, just know that, you know, I put your name in. And uh, like three weeks later, we got an email, and it was from Nike asking to do the, the, that campaign. That campaign was dope. It went worldwide. Yeah, you had people sending you stuff from, yeah. like, what, Paris or Paris, something? Paris, India, China. It was super clean. It was dope. It was dope. And, um, I mean, I still have the picture up as my Abby, but I need to change it because I have a Katie jersey on in it. And I, I mean, think, I don't – why do you have to change that, though? Well, he was part of the team. He was, but I love the picture so much. And Nike he, sent that's me – That's your picture. You better save that. Nike, Put that up there. Nike sent me 
they sent me the art. Like they, oh, wow. they, they sent it to me, like framed it and everything Love and, it. Like, and sent it to me. And I was like, this is amazing. It really and looked amazing. No, nah, it was dope. It yeah. was a dope campaign. Um, and it was like they did it for Chicago, for L.A., for us, Golden State, and they did it for uh, New York. So the DJs were... It wasn't DJs. Oh, it, it wasn't. It was like tastemakers and like that kid who was, um, I forget his name, but he's like a real famous kid actor. He did L.A. Desus and Mero did New York. Oh, Desus and Mero. Desus and Mero. I always mess their name. It's Okay. These and Mero did you. New York, and then these girls, I think they were like fashion, like stylists or something. Mm-hmm. They did Chicago. That's phenomenal. And I did the Bay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you did a great job. I know that you, you model as well. So yeah, I see you yeah. in other ads, like bank ads and stuff right. like that. And I'll be like, okay. So it's crazy because those ads, have, I've done those like years ago, and they just start popping up again. Do you get residuals from that? I don't because it's print stuff. Oh. And if it was like TV, I would. It's a weird situation, but the checks are good, like, up front because of that. Well, you've also worked for some, like, I think you did a gig for President Barack Obama. I still call him my president. Yeah, so. I still call him my president, too. Yes, yes. Um, you did a gig for him? I did two I need gigs, to know about, two. not just one, two. two. I need to know about this. Yes. Give me the details. I will. So, <laughs> I've DJed for uh, the soul singer Guaple for years, and she had an opportunity to uh, sing for Barack Obama when he had a campaign stop here in San Francisco at the Masonic. That was when he was going for his second term and it was his last, it was like one of his last campaign stops, like a fundraiser. And what was really ill was like, we were all downstairs waiting to take a picture, like we were in a line and it was me, Guapale, and some friends of ours and Jerry Rice was with us, like waiting to take a picture with uh, Barack Obama. And what was weird was to me, it was like, I'm looking at, I even, I think I said it to Jerry Rice. I'm like, dude, they got you waiting in line to take a picture with Barack Obama. And I'm like, this ain't, this is insane. Like, why are you waiting in line? Like cut everybody, you Jerry Rice. Like, he's like, nah, it's cool. You know, we cool. I mean, it's all good, you know. And then- That's the way he sounds too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and when he, when he got up, when he got up there, Barack lost his mind. He goes, Jerry Rice, oh my God, you guys know who this is? And like, he was surprised that they had him waiting, you know? like Yo, your Barack voice is on point too, by uh, the way. It's crazy. I do that sometimes. I can I can uh, imitate some folks. No, but honestly, to see that moment, to see somebody who you just are blown away by. Right. You know? Right. Because trust me, when I meet Barack. Yeah. Sorry that I just called him by his first name. My dad would kill me. Yeah. But when I meet him, I will lose my mind. Yeah. Like maybe no. internally. I don't want to, you know. I was nervous, but, actually. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just the things that he's done for us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just that alone makes it a moment where you lose your mind no, because I, I, you're just yeah. meeting somebody who's done so many things and just broken all these barriers. But to see him freak out over he Jerry Rice. Out. He freaked out, and it was amazing to just be a witness to that, you know. And then the second time, uh, he came after he won, did a campaign stop, or no, it was a fundraiser at um, the Bill Graham. Someone reached out to us and asked if I could DJ for that. And one of the things I did, and I don't know if they caught it, but like at the time, Young Jeezy's My President is Black was like popular, and right before he came on, I played that song. So that's one of like the most proudest moments of my DJ career is playing 
Barack Obama on to Young Jeezy, my president is black. Not, <laughs> I don't think anyone can say that. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably the only person yeah. that can say that. Yeah. And I don't know if people caught it, like, you know what I mean? But I did it, and it was a wonderful feeling. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm a little jealous about that. I'm a little jealous. Well, that moment was awesome, and there have been many moments in Oracle that I'm sure oh my God. are amazing. Countless. And one recently that stood out to me is, um, unfortunately, when Nipsey Hussle was murdered, yeah. that day there was a Warriors game. Yep. And It all you, happened at the same, like everybody was on the social media, players right. was on the court. Like you can see Draymond go up and tell Steph. He came on the court, was telling everybody he was warming up. He was just like couldn't believe it. Like, he kept asking people, like, is it true? Like, you could see, like, it was, and everybody was just, like, it was just, like, crazy. Like, I'm checking my phone while it's going on. I'm like, this can't be true. Like, this is a joke. He got shot. At first, it was like he got shot. And then it was like, I think when the game started, it was like he had passed away. And then that just was like, oh, my God. You know, social media just went crazy at that point. You know how it is at the Warriors. I get two hits, if I'm lucky. But I... I think I I had the the fourth quarter hit. So what I usually do is I'll if I don't prepare it at home, I prepare it at the game. And I like to prepare my hits at the game because of situations like this because you never know just being in a moment like what can happen, you know what I mean? So I um was putting my set together for my hit and I was like I got to play Nipsey. Like I gotta, I gotta do this. And um And nobody told you to do it. No one told me to do it. It was just a decision you said I have to. I have to do this. And I didn't care if I got in trouble because it was like that, to me, it was that it was that important, you know what I mean? Like to to pay respect to Nipsey. And, um, and just knowing his connection with the players. He had did the thing with Steph where Steph is in the back of the, uh, the, the sprinter. I think it's called Three Minutes From Home. Three Minutes From Home. He did that. So like the players got had a connection with him. I knew that. So I was like, I, I got to drop this. And the fans have a connection with them. Um, and it went viral. Yes. It went. <laughs> so I think Logan was Logan the one. Logan was the one. Yeah, Logan reposted it, and then yeah. it was everywhere. It was at all media outlets. No one gave me props, though, which is cool. But it, it just kept saying the Golden State Warriors played, the Golden State Warriors played. And, um, and it was just a, it was one of those moments. I feel like not getting props – is a thing that happens to people that work in sports a lot because they don't know what goes into putting no. on a game or who's playing that song or whatever the case right. may be. And how do you deal with that? Because you, you do a lot for the energy at Warriors games, but like not getting credit for it. How do you deal I, with that? You know what? I don't even really want credit for it. You know what I mean? Like it's cool. Like I'm, I'm okay with not getting credit for it. A lot of people give me credit for what um, my guy that runs the, the, the music. Lee. Uh, Lee. A lot of people give me credit for what he does, and I have to tell them, no, that's not me, that's him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he plays, like, a lot of people give me props for playing, like, passing me by by far side, right? I don't play that. That's Lee. Like, Lee has that program when the players run up and down the court, you know what I mean? Um, and Lee is just as important as I am, if you ask me, you know what I mean? And um, he don't get the props that he deserves, and that would be a good question for him. Because, you know, like he does the Giants, he does the A's, he does, I want to say he's done the Sharks. I'm not sure. He's done a lot of the Bay Area sports teams. He's definitely built an empire in what yeah, he does. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So 
Shout out to Lee. Yeah, I don't I don't look for the props. I mean, if the props come, fine. I've had some really dope people and prominent people give me props through social media. Um, one time was uh, the first time that I can remember was Aisha Curry when I played um, I played the Travis Scott song and like she made a post that said something like the DJ gonna fire tonight or something, and then that kind of it didn't go super viral, but like people were reposting it. And then Michael Rappaport, who, I mean, hate him or love him. That's my homie, but like. I personally love him too. Yeah, exactly. So he, he posts, D Sharp started this hip hop-ish in, in sports and arenas. Like he gives me props, you know, him. And then um, BJ Armstrong one time was, he posted something was like, the real MVP is the DJ. He said something like that. I was like, oh, that's dope. And then just recently, um, Stephen A. Smith was sitting in front of the DJ booth during warm-ups. Only thing that matters is that they get to the playoffs and they're not a seventh or eighth seed. And when I was finished, he stopped. He was like, he just looking at me. He was like, you a bad dude, man. You a bad dude, man. I like what you do. You a bad dude. And I was like, thanks, man. Like, <laughs> Okay, Stephen A. Stephen A, you know, like, I, and I didn't know he paid attention. You know what I mean? So there are people watching. That's another thing I learned. A lot of people are watching, you know, and you never know who who is watching. That's one of the things that used to blow my mind is there's so many different people in that room. There's so many levels. So many levels. In that room. I can't even imagine the business deals that go on at oh, games. Oh, my God. Um, just the relationships that are fostered. I mean, you could change someone's life by meeting one person there. Yes. Has I, that happened? I've seen it happen. You've seen it? Has that happened for you? I wouldn't say changed my life, but I've definitely gotten great opportunities, started great relationships with different executives and stuff people who like now book me for all their family stuff um it, it started with the cohen's the cohen's were like i did all of their kids they were the owners before lakeup was like they had all of their kids back to back so they had like three kids i think it was i want to say a girl and two boys or a, two girls and a boy but all of their kids had their high school graduations one year like or back to back to back to back and i dj'd at their house like for every kid's party you know what i mean or and ever if they ever had anything they always booked me which i was like amazed at that because i was like oh wow and it started with that it was like that happened and then now all kind of people now it's it's amazing I mean, it's definitely, it's boosted your recognition, but then also you just book so much more business, I would think, yeah. just from being in that position. Totally. Like I said, I thank God every day. I'm blessed. And the thing with me, too, is like, I mean, DJing is, you know, I tell people all the time, I didn't pick up a basketball. I didn't pick up a football. I didn't start throwing a baseball. I picked up turntables. And that's what I did. You know what I mean? And that's what I started with and that's what I stuck with. That was my, like me practicing, I was in the gym on the turntables. Well, everyone has a role model, right? Yes. So I'm sure you did as yeah. a DJ. Yeah, totally. Someone's looking up to you right now and they want to do what crazy. you do. They they have to be, right? That, see, that's, so, that, that's crazy to even think, but. It is, but, but everyone yeah. does, right? right? Everyone does. What advice do you have for them? Keep going, don't stop. The thing is, I think a lot of us everybody even if you are strong will strong minded like don't even look at what other people are doing like get draw inspiration from that but like 
don't let what someone else is doing dictate how you're going to move. Do what's from your heart, like all the time. Like that's that's my advice. Like always do what you want to do. Don't let people tell you that you can't do anything because people are going to do that to you all the time. When you're coming up, they're going to say, oh, well, you can never you can never have a podcast. What? What? Why you want to do that? Like I've absolutely been told. You know that. what I mean? Or you can't you can't model or you can't, you know, you can't make beats, you're a DJ. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, what? You you wanna spin at a radio station? Why? It's like but people are gonna tell you stuff all the time that try to distract you or discourage you. And I say just drown them out and just go for your dreams. Well, listen, I took all that advice in. I'm listening to it, and I know a lot of people that are listening got a lot from what you just said. I appreciate it. We've been talking a lot about DJ D-Sharp. Yes. But what's next for Derek Robinson? Well, for Derek Robinson, it's watching my sons grow and become, you know, from boys to men. And to It's like just watching my oldest son kind of like one of the great things about being a DJ for the Warriors is and having won all of those championships with the team and just having the spotlight on the Warriors like that is bringing my family to the games and having my sons see these phenomenal players and being able to touch them, say hi to Kevin Durant, LeBron James. The last year we played them, he saw my son. It was dead silence because they lost. They were We were leaving and they were coming to the locker room. He pointed my kid out, Dylan, he pointed him out, out of everybody and was like, hey kid, I see you. And then like all the cameras went to my son. It was like, cause everybody, it was quiet and he just gave him, like, you know what I mean? And I hated LeBron before that, but now I like him. Hey. Cause he, you know what I mean? He just, he just showed how human he was in that moment. And it, for me, it was just like, he was the guy that was in our way of accomplishing what we needed to do. But now like, I really like LeBron and people like when he was dunking at his son's uh, game like that was for the kids man like yeah let that go you know well and I think at the end of the day athletes are people and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this podcast is because you have to show the human side of somebody and not right. just what they're doing on the court they make power plays in all kinds of ways you know whether it be as a husband right. a father you know mm-hmm. so on and so a mother mm-hmm. whatever right so on and so forth and Showing the actual human side of people is like where I think we need to be right. and where we need I to agree. go. I agree. But going back to your son, he is a DJ himself. Yeah, he loves to DJ. The thing with him now, though, is he's all about basketball. He DJs every so often, but he wants to go play basketball now. He wants to be Kevin Durant. He wants to be Steph. He wants to be Giannis. Giannis is his favorite player right now. It always changes. I think. Like, going back to what I was saying, I think taking him to games and him seeing the players, them being that close to him, it's just something that I see a spark in him. Whatever he wants to do, I'm fine with, right? Like, right now, his thing is basketball, and he loves it, and we're supporting it. My other son is just, he's just along for the ride. He loves just everything. It's just amazing, though, just to watch them grow and just, you know, And to see them become. Let me get this question in before we stop. What is the one moment at Oracle that you remember the most as a DJ? As a DJ, the one moment I remember was, was it the first championship? I think it was the first championship. We had a watch party at Oracle. 
the energy in that building was like I've never felt that energy ever in that building in my life. Like and there that. was not a player in the arena. That's what was crazy about it, right? Like it was everything except for the players. Like it was everything. And it was like, you know, it was a $20 ticket. So it was like real fans. We're all watching and we get this championship. Everybody goes crazy. I played my last hit and then like everybody singing along to what I was playing. And like uh, E-40s, the Warriors thing was popular at the time. And I played that and everybody sung that word for word. And it was just like, I had chills. I almost, I might've cried, you know what I mean? But that's just one moment. Actually being there and witnessing Clay's third quarter was phenomenal. Cause it was happening and I didn't even realize it was happening until it was like over. And I looked at the scoreboard, I'm like, wow, it was crazy. But there's many memories there. There's so many. Um, meeting Kanye West, cause I'm a huge Kanye West fan. I remember when anyone used to be in the arena, I would like text you and be like, yep. hey, they're yep, down yep, here. Exactly. <laughs> Get and, your music so ready. That's, and that what, that's what happened. You text and said, Kanye, I think you said Kanye was coming. And then uh, Peter Gruber brought him to the, to the DJ booth because I was playing his song at the time. And he walked up to the DJ booth and I was just like, hey, like <laughs> while his song is playing. And he like shook my hand and said, what's up? And I, we talked for a second and it was just it was a great moment. I mean, there's so many moments. That time when Prince came, I, just, I will never forget that. I felt like, I felt like when he came, it was a moment where, like, when he walked, like he walked past you and like he hit the floor. I felt like the arena went silent. It did without a doubt. I know I was silent because I couldn't breathe. I, I felt. <laughs> I couldn't believe he was. It was him. I've only been that way twice at the arena. When Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce. Yeah. When when she was there and walked by me, and then when Prince did, I. Yeah. I almost passed out. Yeah. Just because of the person Prince was and, yeah. and everything that he did and just the artist that he was, it, it was phenomenal. But that was also the time he wasn't doing so well. Because right. remember, he yeah. unfortunately passed away after like, that. Like right after, and, I feel like. Right. And we were one of the last people to really see him in public. Right. No, that was crazy. I felt like he was floating when he hit the floor. Like I felt like... It, like I said, I feel like it went dead silent when he hit the floor, and I just felt like it was an aura that just was like, he elevated and just like kind of glided to his seat. In my mind, that's what happened. <laughs> and, but honestly, that's the way he was all the time. Right, right, right. Like, Prince just was like that, you know, no matter what. But yeah, I remember that time too. It's crazy to think that without this sport, you wouldn't have all of those experiences. Right. No, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. I've had I had somebody tell me a couple of times, but like people who know me from being from Oakland and who know my career and where I came from, they're like, "You're the perfect guy for this job." And I'd be like, "Wow!" And and I look at it and I'm like, "Yeah." Like I try to be as humble as I can, but I'm like, I am. Like I was made for this job. Like it, and it's like I said, it's a blessing. Yeah, being humble is amazing and we all should be but also standing in the truth that this is your purpose i gotta do that more you like, have to I, I just don't like i you know for me like i said i don't really the props if it, if it happens it happens if not it's cool it is what it is I, I feel like you know it's one of the things like you see what happened with nipsey hustle nipsey did a lot for the community he was doing phenomenal things before he passed away when he passed away it just elevated you know what i mean and i just look at it like when I when I'm gone, people be like, "Yo, he was the dude." I'm saying that right now. Oh, thank you. And I know that <laughs> I I'm really blessed to know you. We're friends, oh, and I'm, thank you. I'm blessed. Same here, though. Yeah. That basketball literally brought us together as friends. 
I'm proud to know you, your family, and uh, just to be a part of what you have done over the years, I'm blessed. Same here. Yeah. Same here. And thank you for being the first person on this podcast. I am so honored by that because yeah. you know so many people. And for you to choose, I feel so special. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. I mean, no, no, <laughs> thank you. Um, and thank you for making the official song because. No, it's all good. And I was there when you made it and yeah. you literally did it in like two seconds. Yeah. And I was like, um, okay, I thought we were going to be here all night. No, but <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. Just put it together. People don't know about me, too. And, I, and that's one of the things we, we were talking off air about it. But that's one of the things that I'm going to transition, try to show people that I'm a producer. I'm an okay guy on a production as well. So No, you are a great yeah. producer. Thank you. Thank you. Well, how do we keep up with you? Um, just at DJD Sharp on all social. DJDSharp.co is my website. Um, looking forward to this new season. I'm happy now because um, you know how it is with the Warriors. Like, you just don't know. Like, I was a little worried. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know what they were going to do. You got a brand new arena and you got like, you know, I mean, you got to show up and show out. You know what I mean? So I was like, watch they like get DJ Khaled or something. They get him on a contract or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I felt like they were going to do something like that, like to make it big. I mean, but, you just jumped all the way there. But but I'm just saying, but you that kind of stuff happens. I understand. And I understand you have to be realistic about it, but it wouldn't be the same without you. Oh, thank you. So they're smart to keep you. You always bring the energy to every game, and thank you for bringing the energy to this podcast. Well, so. thank you for having me again. This is wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're gonna... good luck with it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I will take all that luck. Yes, yes. It's going to be great. So we're going to listen to this song on the way out. Uh, this is a power play theme that D-Sharp put together with Kev Choice. And until next time, power play. Investments, connections, franchise player Levels to this man, I just add more layers We changing the game, athletes bigger than balling Power plays, power moves, yeah, we going all in My whole life a highlight reel, not just on the field Not just bodybuilding, I might buy a building Start a company, CEO, mind frame This is way beyond game, these is power plays Oh, so you thought that this episode was over But you are wrong because we have a little overtime here on the Power Play Podcast I'm so just blessed and honored that D Sharp was the first guest because we went through a lot when we both worked at the Warriors. I mean, those are long hours, right? You go to work at 8 a.m., you're in the office. Maybe not so much him, but for people that actually work games, it's like a 16-hour day, really. And so the people that you work with become your family in a lot of ways because you're seeing them more than you see your actual family. And D Sharp was definitely one of those people. Not only is he talented, he's just a great man. Like, I've definitely learned a lot from him as far as music goes and entertainment is concerned. But really, when you are around him, you become a better person because he's just a great guy. He's a great father, obviously a businessman in a lot of ways because he's an entrepreneur. But he's just, at the end of the day, a person that I am honored to know and honored to be around and that is one of the reasons why I'm so excited that he was my first guest. As you heard, he's extremely talented on the ones and twos, and he's gone really far, and I have been privileged to watch him grow in who he is as a DJ. When you become something like the Warriors DJ, there is, especially in the time that he has been, you know, they weren't very good when he first started and you know with every team there are ebbs and flows 
But with the success that they've had in the championships and the rings and all of that, the way that he's dealt with the fame that comes with that by being the Warriors DJ has been immaculate, really. He takes it in stride. He doesn't make it more than it is. He doesn't take the Warriors as an identity. Rather, he just uses it to complement who he is. And that's a really hard thing to do, whether you be a player on the court or somebody that's working in the organization. I know as somebody who worked there for 13 years, it's really easy to take on the identity of the team that you work for because you're working so much for them. And he doesn't do that. D Sharp literally does his job, he does it well, and he takes the blessings that come with it in stride, and it's been amazing to watch. I really think that people underestimate what a DJ does in a game. We talked about this a little bit on the pod, but I really want to stress that the times that you're in a game and that energy is high, pay attention to what's going on around you because there's no coincidence that the DJ is playing a track that is really upbeat and makes you want to get on your feet, that all of the creative in the arena, whether it be on the video boards, signs that might be on the court, pay attention to the talent and what they're doing at those times. All of that is to give you an amazing experience and to get you up on your feet and to cheer for the team that's out there on the court. It is not something that just happens. It's something that a lot of people put work into, and music is very important in that moment. And so what D-Sharp does is incredibly important, and I think people just overlook that, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast with him. And it's also one of the reasons why I wanted to have him as a first guest, because the players on the court are very important, no doubt. But I would argue that the people that construct everything around it are just as important because you can't have one without the other. And to watch him and what he has done and the time that he has been the Warriors DJ has been something that is definitely a power move. And he is the epitome of what a power player is. And so I couldn't think of anybody else to be the first guest on power play. A very important aspect of being a power player in sport is using what you have to propel you in other areas, and he does that flawlessly. I mean, listen to all the people that he has talked about working with. He spun records for President Obama. He, I mean, those things don't just happen. The way that he has used his platform with the Warriors to gain those moments where Stephen A comes up and says, you're the best in the business where Kanye comes up and gives him daps for what he's doing. I mean, that doesn't make you who you are, but those are things that happen with power players because of what they do with the sport and how they're using their platform to gain those things. Yeah, he could just be a DJ for the Warriors, and that would be great, no doubt. But he used those moments. He uses his craft. He uses who he is to gain those things off the court that make him the power player that he is. All of us have a purpose, and we all have something that we can do, but the execution is where the success lies. So he definitely could go to that DJ booth every night at the Warriors and spin his records and leave, but instead he uses that platform and that booth to propel him in other areas, and that's what makes him a power player. 
So now that you've heard D Sharp's story and what he's doing as a power player, I encourage you to look at your lane and your platform and see the ways that you can become a power player as well. There are things that we can all do to propel ourselves. As you can see in D Sharp's story, he's doing those things and don't imitate what he's doing. Become that own person in your life to use those gifts to propel you in the ways that you're supposed to. You have a purpose, you are a power player on your own, and you can do that. So thank you for joining me for this first episode of Power Play. And remember, you can get a new episode every Thursday on theathletic.com backslash power play. I look forward to sharing a different power player with you every single week. And for all the extra content like you're listening to right now, make sure that you subscribe to theathletic.com because I want to talk to you as much as I can. So make sure you subscribe. <laughs>